2: Shame on Jack Nicholas. In case you missed it, the Masters was played this weekend. That's the Masters Golf Tournament. Another victim of COVID 19 in the year 2020. Played in November instead of April. Didn't seem the same. It wasn't the same. No fans. Anyway, Tiger Woods didn't win again. He was defending champ, but Jack Nicklaus never got around to apologizing for endorsing Donald Trump a few weeks ago. I wrote about this in my column at the Trib this week, uh, and I want to talk about it again because it really annoys me. Christine Brennan, who's uh, been writing sports for USA Today for a long time, was upset with Jack because of his endorsement of a president who, as she wrote, this is what she wrote, quote, has consistently and reprehensibly denigrated women and people of color, including Vice President-elect Kamala Harris, who has been accused of sexually assaulting or sexually harassing at least 26 women, who has waged war on black athletes who speak out about injustice, and who was called white nationalists, every, uh, very fine people, among many other awful comments. Of course, she had to, unquote. Of course, she had to get the uh, line in there about saying white nationalists are fine people, which he never said, but what she did was a classic example of, of the way liberals operate. They can't just disagree with you. They, they have to accuse you of hate and then by showing how much they love everybody and you hate everybody, they raise themselves above you. Here's the question that she put to Jack Nicklaus uh, last Thursday at the opening of the Masters press conference. Quote, as you know, I wanted to speak with you before I wrote my column about your very public support of President Trump. I'd love to ask this now, if I may. You are known as the ultimate gracious sportsman in the game of golf and really throughout sports, certainly with your career, with Ryder Cups, the way you've handled victory and defeat and the like. I'm just curious. What is your advice to President Trump on how to accept defeat? Unquote. Now, she had spoken to uh, Jack's manager uh, a week or so earlier about getting him to answer the question she just asked for a column, and she got a no comment. So, she got the same answer from Jack when she actually did ask him the question for that column at the press conference on Thursday. But the arrogance is unbelievable. She can't believe that anyone could possibly vote for Donald Trump, especially somebody as nice of a guy as Jack Nicholas is. That's basically what Jack Nicholas said he was going to do, uh, was vote for him. That's what an endorsement means. And by questioning Jack's judgment and decency for having endorsed him, Christine was doing the same to the 71 million people who voted for him. He, she was saying that they were supporting a, a president, and she described who it is, a few of whom uh, you would think few of those people, you know, the 71 million, might actually still read USA Today, which I'm sure some people don't even know still exists. But anyway, most people in the sports media are liberal. They would never dream of questioning athletes or, or coaches who support liberal causes because uh, – All the liberal causes are good and conservative causes are, of course, bad. Uh, And the amazing thing is that Christine Brennan, who's obviously a very smart woman, she's been writing for a long time, she has no idea how arrogant she sounded or how biased she is. It's just unbelievable to me. And uh, it won't be the last time you see this kind of stuff from the sports media. I'll keep you updated on uh, uh, this kind of stuff when I see it, by the way. And when we come back, we're going to talk about one of the big dreams of liberals who voted for the big guy. That would be eliminating everybody's college loan debt. A very bad idea. Stick around. If you're an employer, a business owner, if you have five to 100 employees, listen up. The cost of doing business continues to skyrocket, strangling your HR department with more regulations, administrative duties, and liability than ever. I'm John Steigerwald. Your health plan's a big part of that cost. Another year, another 10% rate hike, another $1,000 increase on your deductible, another hospital or doctor you can't go to because they're not in the network. Isn't it time for a change? Well, stop the insanity and call Marley Financial, the most innovative agency in the industry. Put an end to the annual increase. Give your employees a national network that all hospitals accept and reduce your monthly premiums by 20 to 30%. It doesn't matter when your renewal is. Marley can help today. Call 724-884-1496. Marley Financial, 724-884-1496. 724-884-1496. What happened to Carter Page should never
3: happen to another American again. Page was a model citizen, a Naval Academy graduate, a successful businessman, and a cooperative source for U.S. intelligence services. But when Page became a supporter of Donald Trump, the FBI targeted him, spied on him, and persecuted him in a phony investigation. Now Carter Page is telling his story. In his compelling new book, Abuse and Power, Carter Page gives us the shocking details of being targeted by the Obama Administration Justice Department, how he was kept un- under surveillance and then finally vindicated Abuse and Power by Carter Page is the story of a private citizen caught up in a politically motivated spying operation intended to frame him The Democratic Party the mainstream media and their allies in the Justice Department and Intelligence Services lied and perverted justice in order to destroy a duly elected president Abuse and Power How an Innocent American was Framed in an Attempted Coup Against the President is the new book by Carter Page Available now at Amazon and wherever book are sold. In the know, I'm Andy Solomon. Surprise medical bills may result from emergency situations where the patient is unable to choose their medical transport company, hospital, or doctors. Here's Dr.
1: Mitch Elkind, American Heart Association president, with more. The average surprise medical bill is over $600 and may amount to thousands or even tens of thousands of dollars. The American Heart Association is urging lawmakers on both sides of the aisle to address this issue now. We're leading a national campaign encouraging patients to share their stories about receiving surprise bills with the hashtag #IWasBilled Patients should never have to worry about surprise medical bills instead of focusing on their care. For months, Congress has had comprehensive bipartisan legislation in hand that would shield patients and consumers from surprise medical bills. However, lawmakers have yet to move this critical legislation forward. Congress should act now to end surprise medical bills.
3: For more on how you can urge Congress to act, visit heart.org slash surprise bills.
1: Parents, let's be honest, many high school and college age kids seem to have little direction these days. That might be true for your son or daughter. They spend a lot of time gaming, hanging with friends, but nothing seems to lead them on a path to adulthood. You may want them to go to a four-year university, but their grades just don't warrant it. Their lack of passion and direction makes you wonder if a four-year university would even be a wise investment. Here's a better route to consider. The full-stack Software Development Program from Steve Wozniak, available through SalemCareerHub.com. They'll learn real-life work skills that are marketable and in high demand right now. And at SalemCareerHub.com, you can sign up for these courses at 50% off their regular price. Talk it over with your kids and get them out of the basement. They're probably as anxious as you are to move forward and just need a little push. The place to start, SalemCareerHub.com. You can also call 866-711-6275, 866-711-6275, or SalemCareerHub.com. This is the John Steigerwald Show
0: on AM 1250 and FM
2: 92.5. The Answer. Now that the big guy and his friends in the media believe that the election has been decided, we're hearing talk about some of the ridiculous proposals they ran on. They're all excited about it. I don't think they've gotten around to free college yet, but there's been a good bit of noise about forgiving college debt. Georgie Borman of the Federalist did some research on this a couple of years ago. And we had her on to talk about it uh, on this show. We thought it would be a good idea to uh, revisit it. And Georgie, uh, thanks for coming on again. I appreciate it. How are you doing?
4: Yeah, thanks for having me back.
2: So um, if if Joe Biden does become president, uh, based on what uh, you wrote about uh, a couple years ago, actually, I think it was almost two years ago, what, what would you tell him about the idea of forgiving college debt?
4: Yeah, so the campaign promise that he made was, uh, forgiving $10,000 of debt for each student borrower if you make under $125,000 a year, uh, which is extremely generous because maybe not to Joe Biden, who's a, a millionaire and his family has made millions off of his influence, but to, to the rest of us, $125,000 a year is actually a pretty, very comfortable salary. So to me, it seems like this is more of a bailout of um, the, the white-collar class of workers than it is really helping anybody who's tr- struggling. And mm-hmm. the truth about uh, student loan debt is really this is uh, almost completely a media-generated crisis because of all of the media stories that have been put out about this very small percentage, about 3% of people that have these these absolutely quote unquote crushing loans that are, you know, three figure loads that, that they have, and they feel like they can't get out from under it and et cetera, et cetera. Well, the, the average, um, outstanding student debt for a household is like $13,000. Um, so we're not talking uh, for the vast majority of people who come out of college, three quarters come out with less than $30,000 in student loans. So, This this is actually a very manageable amount of debt, especially what I like to do is compare it to um, auto loans. And a lot of Mm -hmm. people who come out of college and they get a job and they feel fairly comfortable, you know, if if they've been fortunate enough to get a job in their field and not, you know, working uh, the cashier at at Kohl's or whatever, which, you know, some will do right. that for a while, but they, and, and then they immediately go and they buy a car and the, and the average, uh, auto loan payment is like over $400 and the average, uh, student loan payment is like $350. How come we don't talk about that as a national crisis? I mean, yeah. <laughs> that is a lot of money that you do not have to spend, especially as a young person, you can get a decent car that is fairly reliable for, I mean, and I'm being generous here, like under $4,000. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what my husband and I did to help get out from under our own debt. And we managed to pay off together about $55,000 in loans um, in less than three years. So this is very, very Um, doable. And it's almost completely a media generated crisis. And I don't think we should give any credence to it whatsoever. We should look at the data. We should look at what the statistics actually say about how much debt people are carrying and compare it to other things that they're spending money on. And you come to find out that most people who carry debt and claim that it's overwhelming have other areas of their life that they can pretty easily cut back A while, not even forever, just for a few years. And then they can pay down that debt, and then they'll be free to, you know, start a family or uh, get a mortgage or whatever it is they want to do. So that's really what we need to to focus on here. And I think we absolutely need to fight this this narrative that student loan debt is at all crushing. Like, I, I don't think we should concede that in this budget.
2: No, the, the, um, the narrative that seems to be out there or the impression I think that is, uh, is there for, for so many people is that there are these poor 20-something young people out there with $150,000 in debt staring them in the face and they have no chance of ever buying a home or, uh, you know, their, their lives are ruined before they start. That's pretty much the, that's the narrative that you get from the people who are pushing this, correct? Right.
4: And it's completely wrong. It is completely wrong. We're talking about less than 3%, around 3% of borrowers are in a situation where they have more than $100,000 of debt. And usually when you're carrying that much debt, it's because um, you are on track uh, for a career path that is going to be very lucrative in the long run. If you're becoming a nurse or if you're becoming a doctor, or if you're becoming an engineer, you're probably going to accumulate more debt. But in the long run, you are going to have a higher annual income and more job security. So
5: yeah,
2: but w-
4: even then, if ma- it's ma- like... W-
2: what if ahead. you're majoring in gender studies and you have a $100,000 right. debt? You know? <laughs> 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 um, and,
4: and look, I, I understand what it's like for all the young people who are listening. I understand what it's like to come out of college um, and have very tough prospects Um, when I graduated college, the economy was still fairly stagnant, stagnant. I mean, we're not, we weren't in a depression like it seems like we're heading into right now, but I I know what it's like to graduate and have a lot of debt and have a degree that is not directly relevant to any sort of job path. Okay. My, my bachelor's was in cultural anthropology, which I loved, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't very practical. So I I, I understand what it's like but I'm here to tell you that there is hope and there are a myriad of ways that you can pay off of your pay off your student loans. And I know it's tough right now. Like if you've lost your job, there is deferral. Okay. It, it's not a, an extremely uh, draconian system, where if you miss a payment, then you know, somebody comes and like takes all of your stuff. <laughs> it's like there's income based repayment plans. If you're having a really hard time mm-hmm. and you will pay this off, Things will get better. You will get a job or or you will get more hours or you will get a better job. And you might have to move to, you know, a a different city to do that. And you have to be a little bit flexible and sort of roll with the punches. But you are going to get through it. I understand what it's like to eat beans and rice and top ramen having just graduated college. And it seems like it's going to be like that forever, but I promise you it's not. And if you put in the hard work now you will be in a position where I am, where we've basically gotten our dream house on much less than we we even qualified for. Um, and we're, we're in a location that we love. It's beautiful. We have two kids going to be three kids in March. And we've put ourselves in a position where we have financial security because we put the hard work in upfront. So I, I think that this is a hard message, but What we need to tell students is not that government is going to come save them, but that they can really save themselves by putting in the the hard work and that this is just part of being an adult. And it's part of taking personal responsibility. And when you take responsibility for your actions and the debt that you've willingly taken on, that opens up a world of possibilities. And you're going to realize the potential you have. To really take control of your situation and pay off your debt much more quickly uh, than these these journalists' hypes uh, in the mainstream media that seem to think is possible.
2: We're talking to Georgie Borman. She's a senior uh, contributor at the Federalist. so, Georgie, uh, it seems like you're suggesting that young people with college debt uh, should be responsible, and maybe make cuts in other areas to be able to make their payments. So, what what kind of a crazy idea is that? I mean, right. <laughs> and it,
4: it, it's increasingly, a. Uh, it's an increasingly foreign concept apparently for a lot of these kids who are coming out of college in the past few years, but that's reality. And you know what, it can hit you now, or it can hit you five or 10 years from now that taking responsibility is the best way to succeed in life. So really any plan that Biden has or Chuck Schumer has or whatever to pay off, um, to, you know, pay off some of this loan for you, um, which really is just, you know, going back on the taxpayer. So you'll probably end up paying it later on anyway. Right. <laughs> um, it, well,
2: the, 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 the amount that you have in your piece from a while back was 44 million people with uh, debt that amounts to $1.48 trillion. Well, um, 44 million and one, that's, that's a lot of money. Uh, and uh, you just said it's it's if, if, if people who have that debt and most of it is not as excruciating as, as you would be would, would be led to believe that you can manage it, but one point four eight trillion is one point four eight trillion. How do they propose to pay this back? And and, and you write a check to the banks who, who are who are due the money, and they just they say okay, and everybody's fine.
4: Well, uh, it, it's going to come back on the taxpayers, and it's going to come back on, you know, either printing money or borrowing more from China or Japan or whoever else that we're, we're borrowing money from right now to just fund the things that we need to just keep the government <laughs> running. Um, so this money doesn't exist right now. There's not some fund that the government is holding back that they're going to pay out of to pay your student Loan debt off for you. So, like I said, I mean, this is going to come ultimately down the road to higher taxes. And if if uh, you know you're on track to eventually um, be fairly successful in terms of income and, and earn a higher income, you know what? You're going to end up paying that back in taxes eventually anyway. So, <laughs> it's better that we all take responsibility now and and pay off your debt then ask the government to do it, and then just have to pay it back later in a much less forgiving manner.
2: And speaking of, um, of paying off debt and, and, um, and, and being responsible, um, what's, what always bugs me, Georgie, is that what's always missing from this conversation is how much tuition costs have gone up, probably as a result of the government money being made too easily available, uh, and these colleges are sitting on literally billions of dollars in endowments uh, what, what what can be done to get the focus off of the well I mean the Democrats want to put the focus on the Republicans to show it's because they're pandering to people but to, uh, but to get the focus off the government paying it for the loan and put the focus on the colleges and asking them why they can't pull some money out of their endowments to to maybe reimburse the kids for ridiculous high tuition or to get them to just drastically cut their tuition costs. There's no pressure at all put on the zillion colleges that we have now in the country to do any of that.
4: That's true. If they're taking government money, if they're taking taxpayer money, then they should be held much more accountable into how they're spending those dollars. Um, But unfortunately we've just plowed billions of dollars in this country into the higher education system and through, um, grants like Pell grants to students directly, just basically handing them cash and saying, you know, pay your tuition with this, that it's really inflated things in a, in a way that's not very accountable, but ultimately the biggest check on the the growth of the administrative branch of higher education and the, runaway costs, the biggest check on that is for consumers to say, mm, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to shell out 30 grand to, mm-hmm. to go, you know, put around for four years and get a degree in underwater basket weaving. Um, yeah. you know, I, I'm going to take another path, uh, you know, go to a technical school or something like that and be more discriminating with the money that you have and know that if you take on loans that you're going to pay those back and be careful with every single dollar. So if we're going to have a market-driven system, which I think that we should have, then the ultimate check on that is going to be the consumers saying, no, this isn't worth my money um, and and spend it in more productive ways.
2: But what happens... How do you... If, let's say that tomorrow they paid off everybody's college loan debt. Uh, there's still going to be people having to go to college and still having people to find, wonder where they're going to get the money to pay for it. Did they just start it up the whole thing all over again? I mean, what it, it, if you paid off all the debt tomorrow, there's still going to be waves of kids coming along who want to go to college. How do they, Where do they go to get their money?
4: Exactly, exactly. And I think it does set a bad precedent Um that, you know, this can't be a one and done thing. That's just not how it works in politics. Once <laughs> you've set up a handout, you have to keep handing out that money. That's just like one of the most basic rules of government welfare programs. So yeah, that we would end up in a cycle of doing this all the time or just handing students an extra 10 grand in, um, in grants. And then what's going to happen then? Well, colleges will just inflate their costs. They're going to inflate their tuition because students suddenly have more money than they did before. And it's just a cycle. It's a vicious cycle that's just going to continue until uh, consumers themselves say, no, enough is enough. I understand that the higher education bubble is is bursting, that my degree, just any sort of four-year degree, doesn't Convey the level of intelligence or competence or education that it did 30 or 40 years ago. And maybe I can spend that money in other ways or toward some sort of vocation that gives me a direct career path um, instead of going in and going into, you know, uh, the the social sciences or the humanities or something like that. It's really, it, it has got to be up to the consumers and not this myth anymore that you need just any sort of four-year degree to be successful in life and that that's just going to set you on this easy path to success for the rest of your life
2: hey georgie i'm out of time you explained it well again i really appreciate it i hope it never happens but i'm a little bit afraid thanks for being on
4: <laughs> you're welcome
2: okay that's georgie Borman of the Federalists. we'll be right back
6: With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Moderna says its shot provides strong protection against the coronavirus. The announcement comes a week after Pfizer revealed its own vaccine to be similarly effective. Initial supplies of a vaccine will be limited and rationed. U.S. officials say the Pentagon expected to cut the number of U.S. troops in Afghanistan by almost half. That's by January the 15th. The Pentagon also expecting to cut the number of troops in Iraq to 2,500, a reduction of more than 500. The decision follows the president's shake-up of the Pentagon last week, in which he installed those who share his frustration with a continued troop presence in the Middle East. The Dow has closed at a record high, erasing the last of its pandemic losses. The blue chips picking up 470 points today. The NASDAQ ahead 94, the S&P 500 up 41. This is SRN News.
0: Excuse me, why don't you have life insurance yet? I've got diabetes, and I know the price will be through the roof for the pre-existing condition. Well, actually, SelectQuote makes it easy to get very affordable life insurance, even if you have a health issue. I'm listening. You'll get quotes from some of the country's most trusted carriers. Even with your diabetes, you can get around $250,000 in insurance for as little as a dollar a day. That would be amazing. (laughs) What's it called again? Select Quote. Just call or go to selectquote.com to get your free quote. Get the coverage you need at a price you can afford. Call 1-800-694-1010 or go to selectquote.com today. That's 1-800-694-1010 or selectquote.com. Select Quote. We shop. You save. Get full details on example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Monthly premiums vary based on health company and other factors. Not available in all states. Mike Gallagher reacts to
7: the 2020 election. The prediction that Democrats were going to sweep across America with a big blue tsunami last night. Guess what? It didn't happen. Democrats, never Trumpers, progressives, they're all mortified. They don't know what went wrong. The Mike Gallagher Show,
0: weekdays at 9, right before Dennis Prager at noon on AM 1250 the answer.
7: Spending more time inside? J&D Waterproofing can help you breathe a little easier. Protect your family, friends, and pets from mold, dampness, and other unhealthy elements. For over 80 years, J&D has been making Pittsburgh basements very dry and improving indoor air quality with solutions like the Easy Breathe System. Eliminate unhealthy mold and allergy causing moisture without filters or reservoirs while using less energy than a 40-watt light bulb. Call 1-800-VERY- dry or visit jdwaterproofing.com by now you've heard me talk
2: about my pillow and how it's literally changed my life they won't go flat you can wash and dry them as many times as you want they maintain their shape made in the usa for a limited time mike is offering his premium my pillows for his lowest price ever you can get a standard queen premium my pillow for 29.98 originally 69.98 that's a 40 dollars savings Kings are only $5 more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, 29.98 for a standard queen premium, but Mike is extending his 60-day money back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listener square and use promo code STAG. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the Giza Dream bed Sheets, the MyPillow mattress topper, and MyPillow towel sets. Or call 800-716-8087 and use promo code STAG.
0: AM 1250 and FM 92.5, the answer. WBGP. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app, smart speakers, tune in, iHeart, or radio.com. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer.
8: Looks like we've got some outbound 51 delays down to Library Road. Looks like a couple minutes of a backup there. Heavy on outbound Parkway East, looking pretty solid. Bates Street to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel, about a five-minute delay. On the Parkway West, some pockets of volume outbound around Greentree and inbound into the Fort Pitt Tunnel. 151 Independence area that's blocked with fallen power lines between Hookstown Grade Road and Park Road. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson.
0: AM 1250, the answer, weather.
5: It'll be sunny and windy this afternoon with a high of 47. Tonight, partly cloudy skies, low 35. And clouds and sun take turns tomorrow with a snow shower in the area and a breeze. Tuesday's high, 40. Wednesday, it'll be breezy, partly cloudy at first, then sunny. Wednesday's high, also 40. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Sally Sherman.
0: Warning, listening to this program may expose you to toxic masculinity. The John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250, The Answer.
2: Speaking of toxic masculinity, have you seen the pictures of Harry Styles yet? You know who Harry is. He's a big-time pop singer from uh, the U.K. Uh, We'll get to that in a minute. But meanwhile, uh, we still don't... um, uh, the the we're, you know the, the the media have been telling us for a long time now for I don't know a week and a half that uh, Joe Biden is the president elect and and as everybody knows Donald Trump's not buying it yet and it's all based on what's happening with the uh, the states that still have not well no state is actually um, actually uh, registered the winner they have there's that just hasn't happened yet that doesn't happen until December and. Um, so Donald Trump uh, is perfectly within his rights to say that the uh, that the election is not over yet. And they're looking at what went on in some of the states, uh, obviously the swing states that are still left and the media, most of the media, including even some people at Fox, are pretty much scolding Donald Trump for not just accepting the fact that he lost, that Joe Biden won. Uh, and there's nothing he can do about it, and you know, quit acting like a dictator, and blah blah blah. Well, Sidney Powell is kind of a maniac. She uh, she's the woman who uh, represented uh, General Flynn and got him off. Um, Michael Flynn got him off and got the case, uh, dro- the the charges dropped against him. That's still being litigated, and uh, some s- stupid uh, judges are still fighting it. But it's pretty. She pretty much got him off, and and. Um, she's, she's not anybody to mess around with. That came, that came, became pretty clear when she was, uh, defending him. I actually had, she was on the show here a while ago talking about her book uh, about a year and a half ago. But anyway, uh, she, uh, she pretty much laid it out this weekend that this is not about, you know, a few dead people voting. This is not about a few ballots that weren't in the right envelope. This is big time, serious major league multi-million vote fraud. And I, I wanted to play you this entire interview in case you missed it, because I, I, there's no way I can say it better than this. But just listen to what Sidney Powell says in this interview with Lou Dobbs a couple of days ago.
7: Breaking news now. Dominion Voting Systems say they categorically deny any and all of President Trump's claims that their voting machines caused any voter fraud in key swing states or electoral fraud. But reports contradict that claim. In 2016, a senior executive at Dominion told the Illinois State Board of Elections that it is possible to bypass their election system software. Here's what the vice president of engineering at Dominion at that time, Eric Coomer, told the board during a meeting in good old Cook County.
3: No, we
9: are not allowed to do Updates without having to go through a recertification effort, um, but we do uh, routinely give guidance on how to best secure systems. And also, going back again to the, the, the final um, mitigation against all of this is a robust auditing and canvassing process,
6: um, which all of our jurisdictions have implemented.
7: Coomer said no updates can be done without recertification, as you heard. Mr. Coomer's assurances of a secure system, however, are contradicted by the fact that various vendors, election officials and others reportedly can access the voting machine code without an update being required. And we know that there were updates on those machines a day before the election. Well, joining us tonight is Sidney Powell, a member of President Trump's legal team, General Flynn's uh, defense attorney, a great American and prominent uh, appellate lawyer. Great to have you with us, Sidney. Let's start with Dominion. uh, A a straight out disavowal of uh, any uh, claim uh, of fraud against the company, its uh, software or machines. Your reaction?
5: Well, I can hardly wait to put forth all the evidence we have collected on Dominion, starting with the fact it was created to produce altered voting results in Venezuela for Hugo Chavez and then shipped internationally to manipulate votes for purchase in other countries, including this one, It was funded by money from Venezuela and Cuba, and and China has a role in it also. So if you want to talk about foreign election interference, we certainly have it now. We have staggering statistical evidence. We have staggering testimony from witnesses, including one who was personally in briefings when all of this was discussed and planned beginning with Hugo Chavez and how it was designed there and then saw it happening in this country. As soon as the state shut down on election night and stopped counting, those are the states where the most egregious problems occurred. We also need to look at and we are beginning to collect evidence on the financial interests of some of the governors and secretaries of state who actually bought into the Dominion systems, surprisingly enough. Hunter Biden type graft to line their own pockets by getting a voting machine in that would either make sure their election was successful or they got money for their family from it.
7: Well, that's straightforward. It may take. uh, You're going to have to be quick to to go through and to produce that investigation and the results of it. Uh, The December uh, the December deadlines are approaching uh, for electors, and uh, just as we saw in uh, 2000 with Bush v. Gore, Uh, how critical are those deadlines, and how urgent does that make your investigation and discovery?
5: Well, for fraud this serious, I think even if the states are stupid enough to go ahead and certify the votes where we know the machines were operating and producing altered election results, if they're stupid enough to do that, then they will be set aside by the fraud also. I mean, we are talking about hundreds of thousands of votes. President Trump won this election in a landslide. It's going to be irrefutable, and we are – patriots are coming forward – all every day all day faster than we can collect their information with testimony they're willing to give under oath about how their votes were stolen and how the machines operated they were updated the night of the election sometimes after the election we've got statistical evidence that shows hundreds of thousands of votes being just put in and replicated it's gonna be there needs to be a massive criminal investigation and it's going to affect Millions of voters in elections.
7: With these allegations, these charges, is the FBI already carrying out uh, an investigation of these voting companies uh, where their servers are domiciled? And in at least two instances, three instances, uh, we know they're in foreign countries. Uh, tell us where the Justice Department is in all of this.
5: Uh, I wish I knew. I'm not on the inside, so I'm not privy to that information. I know that even Democratic senators and congresspeople for years have reported problems with this system to the FBI and to the government, and nobody's done a blooming thing about it. The people in the election security part of Department of Homeland Security need to be fired yesterday. They're absolutely ridiculous. Of course, Chris Ray needs to be fired, too, because the only FBI interview of any witness was to intimidate him and try to get him to change his truthful testimony for hours by an anti-Trump FBI agent. They still have politics infecting the FBI instead of just following the law. We are on the precipice of this is essentially a new American revolution. And anybody who wants this country to remain free needs to step up right now. These are federal felonies. Altering a vote or uh, changing a ballot is a federal felony. People need to come forward now and get on the right side of this issue and report the fraud they know existed in Dominion voting systems because that's what it was created to do. It was its sole original purpose. It has been used all over the world to defy the will of people who wanted freedom.
7: Sydney, at the outset of this broadcast, I said that this is the culmination of what has been a, over a four-year effort to overthrow this president, to first deny his candidacy uh, uh, d- uh, the uh, election, but then uh, to overthrow his presidency this looks like the effort to uh, to carry out an end game in the in the effort against him. Uh, do you concur?
5: Oh, absolutely. And it's uh, it's been uh, organized and and conducted with the help of Silicon Valley people, the the big tech companies, the social media companies, and even the media companies. And I'm going to release the kraken. <laughs>
2: Release the Kraken. She's not messing around. Um, She sure is talking big. And one of the uh, quotes I saw from her, I don't know if she said it in that interview, uh, she said, put it this way. I don't say things that I can't prove. So she's not just talking, again, about um, a few uh, dead people voting or a few thousand dead people voting or some uh, – Observers who were prevented from watching the counting of some votes. She's talking about the voting machine, the, the minion machines, that uh, she says there's just total, uh, a ton of evidence that shows that those machines flipped votes from uh, one person to another. Now, here's an interesting thing. Okay, there's a uh, there's a, a a story in Texas. Texas um, had was looking for someone to handle their election, and last February, I guess it was, um, they they uh, wanted to see what they could, what kind of a deal they could make with Dominion machines. So they brought Dominion machines in, and I guess they talked to them about what the cost was going to be, and uh, they looked at the machines, and guess what they found. They found that the machines, uh, were not safe enough. They said that these machines were too easily manipulated and, um, they didn't, they just, they didn't make the deal. They didn't want to make the deal. And, uh, I have in front of me here, uh, a, a statement from the, uh, state of Texas, the Secretary of State, Ruth R. Hughes. It's a long, uh, document here. And it goes through all the reasons why they – some of the questions they had about the the, the system and why they didn't like it. Um, uh, And it it said the examiner reports identified multiple hardware and software issues that preclude the office of the Texas Secretary of State from determining that the Democracy Suite 5.5A system – that's the Dominion system – satisfies – Each of the voting system requirements set forth in the Texas election code. Specifically, the examiner report raises concerns about whether the democracy Democracy suite 5.5.A system is suitable for its intended purpose, operates efficiently and accurately, and is safe from fraudulent or unauthorized manipulation. This is Texas looking at this uh, system that was used in all these states that uh, you just heard Sidney Powell talking about. uh, And... This uh, this is the this is the uh, uh, last line of this long document that I have in front of me, and I told you some of the findings that they had that bothered them. Accordingly, this is this is under conclusion. This is a very short conclusion. Accordingly, based on the foregoing, based upon the foregoing, I hereby deny certification of Dominion Voting Systems Democracy Suite 5.5-A system for use in Texas elections signed under my hand and seal of office this 24th day of January, 2020. And then it was signed all, by actually the deputy the deputy secretary of state, Jose Esparza. And there you have it. This is this is the system that, that uh, liberals and most of the media are telling you that uh, it's crazy for Donald Trump to say anything went wrong and it's crazy and and Dominion, the company itself, you heard uh, Lou Dobbs in that piece. He quoted them as saying it's totally false that there was anything wrong. It was the most secure election uh, of the century and blah, blah, blah. Dominion's not backing down. But Sidney Powell says that she is going to release the Kraken. I'm, <laughs> I hope she does it. And then there's another, there's another piece that I saw uh, over the weekend. Um, by this Dr. Sleva from MIT, he's considered by some to be a, um, a uh, uh, conspiracy theorist. but he, he's also a, a, an engineer and a mathematician and he looked at this, just basically looked at the stats and he found that if you look at if you look at what happened in Pennsylvania and where in every county, in every single county, uh, Donald Trump um, was leading big in uh, on Election Day, and then after they uh, they counted the mail-in ballots and everything, uh, he wasn't leading anymore. But what what this guy uh, shows is that, and I'm looking at the list in front of me here, every county in Pennsylvania, and uh, it shows, for example, in Adams County, the first on the list, Donald Trump had 81 percent. Of the vote, and then uh, the Trump, the Trump mail-in percentage was only 38 percent. All the way down the list, there's like 50 counties in here. On every single one of them, Donald Trump's um, percentage of the uh, the percentage of the mail-in vote was 40 percent of what he got on election day. I mean. It reads like this, 43, 38, 43, 46, 42, 40, 40, 41, 41. This guy says that it's absolutely mathematically impossible for every county to show that clear cut of a a difference between uh, mail-in and Election Day. So there's a lot of stuff out there. Let's hope that Sydney releases the Kraken. I'll be right back.
1: SurroundPittsburgh.com Connecting you with new customers.
2: We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. This is John Steigerwald. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters and downspouts, siding and, of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit WindowsOrUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. From a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty, why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company. That's WindowsOrUsPittsburgh.com. Windows Pittsburgh. Dot com.
9: This is Albert Mogler for TownHall.com. The ACLU has effectively switched teams. Again, on another issue. Beginning in the late 1960s, the Civil Rights Organization consistently argued for the rights of female athletes in sport. Eventually, Congress passed Title IX legislation in 1972, and that eventually mean an entire structure of women's sport alongside men's sport in university intercollegiate athletics. But the ACLU has now joined the transgender revolution. The entire Title IX system only makes sense if you know that there is a difference between males and females. Sandra Bucca, a former competitive swimmer who was helped by the ACLU in the courts in the past, explained the results of this turnabout in the Wall Street Journal. She writes, quote, women and girls are being displaced by biologically male athletes who have a clear physical advantage. Again, she writes, it is the female athlete who's being denied a spot on the team and the pursuit of her dream and now is being told to watch from the sidelines. As Bucca says, that's regression, not progress.
8: This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash trial. That's BambooHR.com slash trial. The
0: John Stagerwall Show, AM 1250, The
8: Answer.
2: So Harry Styles uh, started out as part of the uh, the group um, uh, One Direction, and then he became a big uh, hit as a solo artist. He's 26 years old. He became the first male to land a Vogue magazine cover. And he did so, uh, he was wearing gowns, skirts, and dresses. And here's what Harry says about it. I go and shop sometimes, and I just find myself looking at the women's clothes, thinking they're amazing. It's like anything. Anytime you're putting barriers up in your own life, you're just limiting yourself. There's so much joy to be had in playing with clothes. I've never really thought too much about what it means. It just becomes this extended part of creating something. And... Uh, the Gucci's creative director Alessandro Michele, who has a uh, dressed styles, said he's really in touch with his feminine side because it's something natural and are you ready for this? He's a big inspiration to a younger generation about how you can be in totally in a totally free playground when you feel comfortable. I think that he's a revolutionary. First of all, Harry's 26, okay? He's talking about playing, okay? And uh, he's now an inspiration to younger generations. So you guys out there, if you have sons, get them to get a copy of Vogue and be inspired by Harry Styles in a gown. If that doesn't make you want to puke, I, I, I don't know what would. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye.
0: The John Staggerwald Show is a production of the Answer Pittsburgh and Salem Media Group.